Howdy, hey. Welcome to the Texans Take. Okay. All right. I got a funny meme that I was going to read to break, but since we started, I'm going to go ahead and read it now. Bills be like usage, $40.21. Distribution fee, $152.30. Processing fee, $75.92. Accessing fee, $45.21. Transmission fee, $34.50. Fee fee, $15.80. Fee FIFO FUM fee, $17.75. Might as well fee, $5.00. WTF, you're going to do fee. $3. Another dollar won't hurt fee. $1. <laughs> so true. <coughs> that reminds me of the time that I had them break down a uh, a ticket for speeding. Yeah. After I'd gotten the ticket, yeah. quote unquote, reduced. Uh-huh. And they told me, oh, well, we don't give those out because you won't understand it. Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> I was like, how about I don't leave? Until you give it to me. Right. And I got all day. Yeah. And, you know, they went back and they were like, well, you know, we can't do that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you can. I think you can. Yeah, you can. You can. And uh, if if you don't, let's go ahead and talk to the DA. Because I just got done talking to him about something else. I have no problem going back in. And so they went in and talked to the DA. And the DA told him to give me me the, the itemized. Literally, maybe, maybe $70 of that went to the actual ticket. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was phone bills, maintenance fees, you know, overhead cost, anything else except what it actually was supposed to go for. It was, right. it was sad. It, it was despicable. Yeah. I'm just sitting here going, this is, this is what we're paying for. So every time you get a speeding ticket, I would urge people not to get speeding tickets, not because I'm against speeding, which I kind of am, but. Because you're just giving the government ludicrous amounts of money for for absolutely nothing. Yeah. So if you want to pay the government for because they don't do anything wise with your money anyway, so let's pay them more. Then go ahead, speed. In fact, I'm I'm against speeding because every time I got caught, I had to pay money. Yeah. See, that's my thing. (laughs) That's the reason I'm against speeding. It's not Um, because I have anything against speeding or anything. It's just that I don't like paying up the cash. Oh, trust me, I like speed. I like speed. That's the speed is it's not the, the problem. speeding tickets that I'm yeah. against. It's it's the money that changes hands. Um, and you know what? I, After spending a couple thousand dollars in speeding tickets, eventually you're like, that's expensive. Yeah, I think I'll slow down. I had a customer we were working with, and and they were kind ridiculous. They were kind of concerned about like uh, you know, there's a lot of people in my, with what I do now. They think we're kind of shady. You know, they don't understand. You know that we are honest and doing what we're doing. And they, they That's good. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they asked me. Well, see, there's a thing with with roofing contractors and you know people in the in the roofing industry. Um, they'll go to these areas where they know that storms have been. Mm-hmm. They'll replace a hundred roofs and just leave like gypsies. They were never there. They are not held accountable for anything. And that's what a lot of people are under the impression that we are. Versus, yeah. hey, we're actually just here to help you. We've been here since 2013 in this county. Yeah. So we serve people here. We don't serve people, you know, four states away. I do not drive four states away when there's been a storm. Yeah. You know, I don't. Um, I, I talk to people here and make sure everybody has, you know, their houses taken care of. But that's not the common thing with our type of industry. And I'm okay fighting against the grain because I did that in the car business for a long time. You know, there's that, that 5% of the people that do a bad job and honestly make the rest of us look absolutely terrible. 
So you're always fighting against the grain. But I had a customer, and for all good reason, she she made a good point. Like, when does money change hands? Like, well, out of your pocket or the insurance? You know, that's there's different questions there. You know, and they're like, yeah, um, you know, well, my pocket, I'm like, not till the very end. Don't give me a sing. But it was funny how she asked that, and I love that. And that just shows kind of the the old school mentality versus us. Like, how much? I would have said, how much am I going to pay? You know, right. something like that. She said, how much, or when is, when does money change hands? And I was like, that's good because that's like, I own my money and I want to know at what point do I give my money to you and it becomes your money? When does that happen? (laughs) It was a very specific question and it caught me so off guard. I was like, I'm going to give you details now just to make sure I answer all of what was piled up in that one simple question that I never hear. Anyway, I, I digress. That's just interesting when you talk about little dynamics like that. Yeah, uh, we sure. never say that anymore. That really, that's just kind of a term that it's not used, yeah. except by the generation of you know your your grandparents. Yeah, you know yeah. my grandparents. Um, that's that's where it, it kind of lies. But anyway, we have we have stuff in the news today. Yeah, we haven't done the news for a while, and this is not Texas news. It's just newsy news. It's, it's yeah, and I it's will be quickly becoming world news. Actually, very, it's not very honest here. We are very late to the game. This has been going on for what, like three weeks now, at least. At, yeah, it's been going on for a while. I but think I, the... I think it's it peaked in the middle of January. I yeah. think it started toward the end of December. Yeah, so we're. But we have we have lots of international listeners, yeah. And so maybe you haven't heard about it yet. I don't know, but uh, and I don't know. Um, I think I think we have some Canadian listeners too. So hey, there you so go. Yeah, they probably I, I think know what we we're do. talking yeah, about. Yeah, they. But anyway, the Freedom Convoy. It's um, and I'll be blatantly honest. I don't. I don't know, know a lot. Nearly as much no. about it as I should. I don't keep up with it. Um, sadly i kind of stay away from the news unless i'm looking at it for a specific I've been, purpose i've been like sadly like Briggs said all of this covid nonsense has really taken me away from the news which is not a bad thing in general no because most of the news is just absolutely ridiculous it's yeah. just fear-mongering is all it is but when you when you go to the news and you just see covid COVID, 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 every single second yeah, of every it, single day, every single news article has the word COVID in it. It, does, it doesn't want to make you keep listening to right. the news. Like in fact, I've if anything, all of that, it before. makes you want to run away from it. Right. And so I just kind of stopped looking at the news. It's like, I'm done. I'm really done. I wish most people would stop yeah. looking at the news. But the fact of the matter is, is every once in a while, something is going on where you need to check the news and then you get behind the game like we do or like I do. And I, I've been looking at this for a while, but not like. I've like I, I've heard stuff about it in between, you know, going to a customer's house and stuff. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I hear it on the radio and I it's funny. Every time I hear it on the radio, something along those lines, I'm like, yeah, I should really look into that. It and sounds then, interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, what happens? You don't. I forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gone until I hear it again. And then, you know what I think? Oh, man, I should really go listen to that. It sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's, so, it's this vicious circle. So this is a news article. I'm just going to read this from Vox. This is from Vox.com. Uh, and it says, The Canadian trucker convoy is an unpopular uprising. Ooh, uprising. The freedom convoy, quote unquote, that has besieged Ottawa isn't a people's revolt. It's a fringe movement. Now that's Ottawa, Canada, defeat. right? 
yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a fringe movement pro- protesting its defeat. And so anyway, um, this is not my opinion. It's not Briggs' opinion. It's uh, We're literally just reading it from Vox, and we'll deconstruct it as we see fit. Especially since every single news article, every single news, you know, news doesn't tell straight up news anymore. They don't give you, they give you facts, but they always lean it and bend it towards whatever right or left or political leaning the uh, the news is coming from. They generally don't leave it open for you to make up your mind. They generally try to make up your mind for you on the news article. So anyway, we'll see how that goes so here. It's the way it is. Um, this is actually the best way to interpret what you're, what you're saying. I think most people have seen the movie inception. Yeah. There's one scene in there and I love it so much because it describes not only people, but the way you talk, the way you, you know, set the stage. Yes. Is if I tell you not to think about elephants, what are you thinking about? Elephants. <laughs> So what they're doing is they're setting the stage by pretending not to talk about something while it's the biggest part of the room. Right. And and that's kind of how they do. They, they put that thing in your mind and let it grow. So they don't necessarily talk about it, but they dance around it. And you know, you know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of the way I look at news now. It's yeah. like they're just giving you a little seed of information for it to grow. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading this. It says... Um... Since January 28th, Canada's capital city of Ottawa has been under siege by a convoy of angry truckers, a two-week running protest that has drawn support from right-wing extremists in Canada and abroad. The so-called, the so-called Freedom Convoy is nominally, protesting, is nominally protesting a vaccine mandate for truckers implemented in mid-January on both sides of the U.S.-Canada border. But the demonstrations have swiftly ballooned into a a broader far-right movement with some demonstrators waving Confederate and Nazi flags. Protester demands include an end to all COVID-19 restrictions in Canada and the the resignation of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Please, that'd be great. Justin Trudeau can leave. Uh, Continuing on. The demonstrators, which have included as many as 8,000 people at their peak, have terrorized Ottawa, blockading streets, harassing citizens, forcing business closures, and honking their extremely loud horns all night, Ottawa police, who have, proved, who have proven some combination of unwilling and unable to restore order, have even set up a special hotline to deal with the deluge of alleged hate crimes stemming from the protests. In the first week of February, it received over 200 calls. Ottawa Mayor, Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson has declared a state of emergency, and Trudeau's government has deployed hundreds of Royal Canadian Mounted Police to the protests. At the, as the situation in Ottawa continues, the Freedom Convoy movement has expanded across the country. Demonstrators have shut down at least two border crossings between Canada and the United States. But while the protests are generally a lot of noise and attention, the eruption actually points up a counterintuitive fact. The Canadian far-right is weak and ineffectual, especially when it comes to pandemic restrictions. Canada's provinces have generally employed strict COVID-19 measures, such as school mask mandates and vaccine passports, including during the recent Omicron, uh, including during the recent Omicron surge. They have enjoyed broad public support in doing so. Even the strictest restrictions are less con- uh, controversial in Canada than in the U.S., 
The current demonstration is quite unpopular with the general public, uh, divisive even in, inside the center-right con uh, conservative party. This doesn't mean the movement will accomplish nothing. It has already contributed to a revolt against the Conservative Party's leader and is serving as an important organiza uh, organizing node for far-rightists. The border-crossing blockage is putting more stress on the U.S.-Canada supply chain, costing, by one estimation, $300 million a day in economic damage. Internationally, the Freedom Convoy has inspired copycat efforts in both the United States and France. There's a lot, 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 lot more here to read, but we do not have time for all of it. I am still scrolling. There is the end. Okay. So anyway, that kind of gives you an understanding of what's going on. Uh, obviously, they're calling it uh, a far-right movement, a blah, 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 blah. The only reason it's a far-right movement, they're calling it that, is because they're protesting government mandates. And that's pretty much it. And so they're basically saying that if you protest government mandates, that, that makes you some far-right extremist. And frankly, truthfully, those are the people that are actually going to protest past a certain point is going to be the far right. Right. Uh, on a subject like this anyway. Those are the ones that protest. The When you see protesters out there, generally you have two different groups. You have either the far right or the far left. Right. Those, those are the ones uh, willing to jump out there and do that. And that being said, that doesn't mean that everybody at the protest is far right. In fact, I believe that most of them are not far right. Yeah. I believe that some of them are far right. And um, if they are far right, it doesn't matter to me. That's fine. They're protesting something very good. Trudeau has made these ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous restrictions and mandates uh, that he's enforcing on truckers, placing on and truckers. And it creates a, a, an economic dysfunction. Exactly. Uh, that's 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 my biggest qualm, you know. Um, I'm I'm all about growing economics. I don't care what country you're in. Uh, that should be something that should grow, you know. And anything that you do as a leader to prohibit um, your ability to grow your economy, you're only hurting yourself and your people. Um, we saw that through a lot of the mandates here in the United States. Um, it really set the economy. You know, if you listen to the, the, the guys who actually talk about, you know, economics, some of those guys say that we've been set back five years uh -huh. just by one year of loss. Yes, I believe it. And that's, that's not, not, it's not crazy to think that um, because right now we're having, we have a, a legitimately lazy workforce. Um, the people that people do want getting paid to stay home mm -hmm. and the people that are working now are overrun. They're being spread way too thin because you have a whole bunch of people who don't want to. Yeah. And with that, we'll kind of let you create your own ideas of kind of what's going on. I would obviously, I would suggest you investigate it a little bit further. Yeah, we just gave you that little investigation. Tidbit. This box here is going to be, uh, Slightly, if not a heck of a lot more than slightly left of center as far as the uh, um, the bend goes. And so Brig and I are right of center. And so obviously we have some qualms with the way that they're presenting this. But you can read between the lines and figure out the actual information of what's going on and make your own decisions. Yeah, I mean, I've always said look at both sides. Look at both sides. If you don't look at both sides, then you're just going to be stuck on your side. And you, you know. I'm... I'm... 
I'm a little you bit. You won't even know what you actually believe. Yeah, I'm a little bit different than a lot of people. I don't believe you should ever just solely believe one side just because no. it's one side. No. Um, I have, you know. That creates a bias and that will actually restrict your thinking. In a weird way, I've had, you know, I have some very, some very left leaning friends. And they, sometimes they say stuff that I'm like, you know what? You're right. You are so you are right. So right and I disagree with everything yeah. else that you say, but that was very right. We disagree with right. a lot, but right here, you are so dead center yeah. of what I believe. I am yeah. I am with you, and I'll stand with you. So I'm, I'm very into, look at both sides. I don't, uh, whenever I look at stuff, I don't, I don't just look at one side, because oftentimes, like you just said, it's very skewed, yeah. um, because yeah. the people who write those, they're very one side. And it's fine. You have a side, but you should listen to both. Yeah. At least hear it out. It makes yeah. it makes you a little wiser as to what the actual argument is. For sure. So we'll take a break right here. And we'll Wait, be... hold on. We're actually going to take a break. How much uh, How much time do we have left? I mean, like 30 seconds. All right. I just want to say we're having a Texas chili party this weekend on Saturday. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I love me some Texas chili. Inviting everybody over. Going to be wonderful. Awesome. I just had to mention that because we're Texans, and so a Texas chili party is just par for the course so Nothing anyway wrong with that enjoy it with us vicariously and uh, we'll tell you all about it uh next week but we do have a podcast between us and that so anyway a break we'll be right back see you soon all right we are we are back so yes as i mentioned earlier Texas. Amazing, awesome stuff. Yes! Texas chili party this weekend is going to be great. That too. <laughs> We're going to be having a bunch of Texas chili. Mm. We're going to be having folks over. All right, stop talking now. We're too far away right now. I need to... I'm, I'm getting too excited. I'm, I'm, I already want chili. Stop. It's going to be good. Don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm going to have beer. <sighs> and... Did that make it worse? I'm sorry. No, the the beer didn't make it worse, but I just it dawned on me that your dad is going to have opened his stash of scotch, and that's what really that's what got me just now. We're hoping that the weather will be nice enough to have a little fire too, bring cigars. It's supposed to be on Saturday. It's Saturday, yeah. Um, Fifty degrees high. Yeah, it's it's hilarious because Wednesday and Thursday. It's supposed to be raining. It's supposed to be raining, and I've scheduled inspections for those days. So I'm oh, I had to reschedule everything. I'm just I'm waiting till the last minute because I want to see if it actually rains, because uh, we know how weathermen are. So and we know how black men and natural weather are. Yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm not going to do anything right now. But uh, according to the podcast or the podcast, <laughs> the forecast, other cast, different other cast, cast. Uh, cast. As, as of earlier today when I looked, Saturday is supposed to be sunny. Nice, nice. Gonna be a good day. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are, are trash. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be this breath of fresh air, and then back to the storm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, um, is that hold on, hold on, the calm between the storm. Yeah. Can we, can we coin that? The calm between the storm. <laughs> no, I think it was already coined. No, the calm before the storm. Oh, before the storm. That's right. That's right. So we have calm between the storm. I guess so. Yeah, sure. We can coin. That's that. a that's a hey that that's a life lesson right there. Because yeah. what is life full of? Nice little storms. And you find those times with them. Um, I mean, I could be stretching, but times between those storms where you really tug on God. Yeah, I have a I have a genuine problem with the I, I, 
And when I say I have a genuine problem, it's not because I don't do this. <laughs> I have a genuine problem because I do do this. And I think a lot of Christians do. Mm-hmm. But the whole parachute idea. Uh, what's that? Never heard of the parachute idea? Nope. No. You use God like a parachute. Whenever you're, uh, whenever, whenever you're in, in the trouble, middle, of, pull God out. Yep, and, and he's God your, is not your. He's pocket a pocket God. God. Yeah, no. he's a pocket God. <clears throat> and so I think I think a lot of Christians, including myself, you know, when things are going good, you kind of relax a little bit and and don't do the things you're supposed to do. And then when things aren't going so well, it's like God, please yep. forgive me, be with me. I need your help, and God's just like, oh. Now you need my help. So I, I, I've done this with Alyssa, and this is only because I know it works. And by getting her to do it, it has made me do it a lot more because I can't tell her to do something that I can't do myself. But I told her, I said, look, every morning after the kids go to school, disappear for 30 minutes. Spend your time with God, you and God, every day. Rain or shine. And then tell me if your days don't get better. Yeah. And after about a week of that, I checked in with her. I was like, how are your days? She goes, they're, they're a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. Even even when we're having issues. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. Good. That That's is good. That is the way it should be. And even myself, I am not preaching from a pedestal. I do it myself. I'll forget. I'll get very accustomed to things being great. Yeah. And then... You know, it's it's the very comes. Yeah, it well, it's and, and I always think of that it's it's you know it's God's reminder mm-hmm. of you do need me, but not just now. Yeah, you need me all the time. And that kind of goes into exactly what we're talking about for the yeah. next little while. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm excited because this is like one of my favorite topics. So I'm 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 so ready to dig yeah, in. Yeah. I can't uh, just tacking on to the last thing you were saying, um, uh, one thing that I've started doing with my fiancy is, um, and I say started, we've been doing it for a while now, but at the end of every conversation on the phone, we always end with a prayer. I'll be honest, that is something I need to do. We do not do it that is enough. So good. I am, I'm and it's got, it's gotten to the point. It's gotten to the point where um, she will remind me, hey, don't forget to pray before we leave. In fact, I was sitting in the parking lot for a good 10, 15 minutes, if not more, uh, before actually walking inside here to Briggs Place, just talking to my fiance, my uh, fiance. fiance. And uh, about five minutes before she felt that I needed to leave. Um, she was like, don't forget to pray for us. I was like, I didn't. Maybe I did. <laughs> but anyway, done um, got caught boy. I was like, yeah, no, definitely not. And so, um, that's a good reminder. It's, I like it's good. It's good because we keep reminding each other. Um, <clears throat> and it works out really well. And then on top of that, Every day that we're with each other, which is generally only the weekends, <clears throat> but every day that we're with each other, at the end of the day, sometimes we forget, and I hate it when we forget, but for the most part, um, after, we're, after we have to part and go our separate ways and go to bed and whatnot, um, 
we'll uh, we'll say a prayer there too. And uh, it's just really wonderful. And that is... It's important. It's very, very important. And that's something that I keep hearing all the time. And I heard it beforehand, which is the reason that I started doing it, was, you know, whenever you, you know, get a girl, whenever you have a fiancé, wherever you're married, pray with her. And it sounds kind of cliche. It sounds kind of corny. But I really, really like it. Something that Martin always said was the family that prays together stays together. And, and to add to that, to something that Alyssa uh, told me, and the Bible tells us, so it, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but there's a difference when somebody comes to you and says, hey, just in case you didn't know, this is kind of important. Those kind of things, I don't know what it is because we read the Bible. You know, we believe the Bible is the living word of God, and and those words come, you know, oftentimes through the mouth of other people yeah. via God. But it takes a whole new meaning when someone else says it. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe you've experienced the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it doesn't matter how many times you tell somebody something. It's when somebody else tells them the same thing that they go, oh. My mom used to get mad at me. Y'all, this is... This is, and I'm not saying this because it's just happened today. I have heard this all my life. My mom will say stuff to me repeatedly when I was growing up, and I would hear it, I would acknowledge it. It was supposed to stick and it didn't. But I'd come home a week later. Hey, you know what so and so told me? This was great. And mom's just like Duh. dropping stuff in the sink, Freaking going, "Are you serious? I've been telling you this for how long?" And it took like. She was to the point, you know, when I was, when I was in high school, she in. just said, I'm just going to let other people teach you things because I can't. You won't listen to me. And honestly, I think the reason that I acknowledged it from other people was because I had heard it repeatedly. Right. And after you hear it from one person, even if it doesn't change anything about you, you still remember that. So when you hear and, it from somebody else, it's like, oh, somebody else said that. Where did I hear that before? Now I remember. And and as a step away from that, I'm you know I was in the car business for years. The thing, I it always floored me, but it, it really I always thought about it exactly like I just told y'all with my mom and and hearing something from someone else. I could be telling a customer the absolute truth, and they would they would be questioning. Well, that's not right. That's this and this. You're just you're just saying that because you're a salesman. I'm actually not. And then my manager would come out and I would sit down with these folks. You know, my manager would sit down with them. He would say nothing different than what I had just said. Yeah. And then they signed papers and I'm going, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Huh. what? What just happened here? Yeah. But there's that transfer of people need to hear it from more than one source. There is that thing. It's like, it's like a, a confidence and pride thing. Yeah. It is. It, it, it's it's a it's an internal. This is how we are made. Well, what it? But here's. here's well, I was going to go deeper. Okay, you go, ahead, just go ahead. And when I say it's how we're made, we're made to think. We are made to think. However, let's take this back to the Garden of Eden for a second, mm -hmm. because God repeatedly told Adam and Eve. I'm I'm confident, though the Bible only says a couple times. I'm pretty confident Adam and Eve both knew God was God, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of made everything, including them. Yeah. 
And then it took Satan going, but did God really say? <laughs> right? yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it is, it's a, it's a, a horrible way to look at that. But I mean, that is what instilled that in us as humans. It's a right. sin nature right. that took hold in us not to believe what one person said. And, hmm. you know, when you think about it like that, that's really where it comes from. Well, what it's I was going to say, what I was going to say is, um, I feel like we're wired for gather for um Im- making things important not making things important but taking something as important deriving importance from the number of times you've heard something right so let's look at basic example you're a child okay your mom says don't do something most children are not like oh well okay. we shouldn't do that mom said not do it i not do it most some children do that um most children are like she said don't do it maybe i'll do it then <laughs> what's then gonna happen says, if i do don't it? do it it's like maybe i'll do it don't do it you know and over time after repeated repeatedly hearing don't do it eventually the child is like oh okay maybe i won't do it okay let's get a little bit more than that so you're in class right you're in college or wherever. You're sitting there taking notes. The teacher's sitting there talking, 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 talking. He says something. You just keep moving on. He says the exact same thing again two minutes later. And you're like, okay, interesting. He says the exact same thing again ten minutes later. And you're like, at this point, there's a pattern. This is important. I need to write this down. And how many times did Jesus say, you know what I mean? And I was going to take it to the last, <laughs> the last uh, degree. Look in the Bible. We know that when something is repeated, that means that it's important. For example, God is holy. Okay, so he's holy. Great, big deal. God is holy, holy. Oh, well. God is very holy then. I mean, like, really, really holy. God is holy, holy, holy. You hear it three times like that. Every time they add a holy onto it, that means... There's importance to that. Holy means really holy, and it means the holiest of holy. Okay? And so we also look through the Bible and see things repeated time and time and time Mm -hmm. and time again. Every time you see something repeated time and time and time and time again, that should tell you it's important. God wants you to know this and make it part of you. Right. And so repetition. And see, going back to what Alyssa told me that I, I started this and didn't finish it, but um, we were we were talking this morning and we were talking about, you know, um, what makes a woman secure in a relationship? And we had a long, drawn-out conversation about this. And I didn't take a lot away from the conversation because there was a lot there. So hold on, hold on. Don't look at me like that. I did, but I didn't. So I'm a thinker. When you give me so much information, when you give me information, I can't just like, (laughs) this is is the resolve. I have to process and think and then come up with how do i make this happen right because i i've i've made the wonderful mistake of jumping to every conclusion possible and that never works you have to think about so when somebody comes to you and says hey you need to know this 
First off, that tells me I've been doing something wrong. Yep. Because she doesn't feel this way. Yep. So she's bringing this to my attention. I've got to change something. So there is something, and I got to thinking about that, and it's funny that you brought this, you know, praying that. That's something we have not done in probably six or seven months religiously. I'm dead serious. It just doesn't cross my mind. I get home, I go to bed, I wake up, I go to work. (laughs) That's where my mind's at because I've had a lot of changes over the last couple, you know, months, and so my mind is there. My mind is, this is my job as a man. I've got to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I work towards. I have a drive for that. But when she came to me and said that, I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm lacking somewhere because I'm focusing too much on one thing. Not that I'm saying focusing on your career is a bad thing. Don't take it that way. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what I've done is I've misplaced all of my focus on one thing. Yeah. Instead of, Focusing on the multiples, God, my wife, my family. I have not focused on that as yeah. much as I focused on my job, my career. Right. Because for me, I'm an obsessor. I'll obsess over something until it's perfect and the exact way I want it. My OCD kicks in and that's why the podcast studio looks the way it is. I This is not primary thought for me. I'm like, you know, this will go another day. I have more important things to focus on. And by the time I'm at the end of my day, I'm drained. Like my focus then is go to bed and get ready to do it again tomorrow. Hmm. And I think by doing that, I've misplaced all of my focus somewhere else. Yeah. And all of this actually goes very well into what we're about to talk about. That's right. Someone who did not misplace their focus mm-hmm. did pray. Yeah. Did listen to exactly what he was told by God and did not listen to the non-wisdom or quote-unquote foolishness of everyone else around him. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Daniel. Okay, so um, we have... I hope, that, I hope that was good for everybody. It was, it was good. It was good. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, we had yes, a... Yeah, yes. okay. I, so, I, I worked hard on that for like... Two minutes. Hey. So uh, it was two minutes of, well spent. Out of that two minutes, apparently I, I worked really fast. So um we've decided to follow the life of Daniel. And basically what that means is we're gonna read the book of Daniel, y'all. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here. It's dense. That might be an understatement. And I kind of hope that it takes us a while just because there's a lot of really good stuff here. I like Daniel. I feel so like I hope it take, really takes us a while. I feel like if we go through here too quickly, then there's so much that we'll miss. But see, um, because here's the thing, and, and this is you'll you'll probably agree with me. Sure. Daniel is one of those books that it has meaning as a book itself, but the life of Daniel really has meaning for the life of a Christian. Going forth from this point to the New Testament, to the life of Jesus, Daniel plays a very, very significant role in the life of a Christian because it teaches us things, not from, you know, the Jesus said aspect, which is very notable and very worth it, but just like the life of David, we're learning things from someone who learned it themselves. Learning it the hard way, suffered consequences, suffered hardships, and persevered. 
And that is exactly what the life of a Christian is, whether you yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah. So when you look at the life of David, the life of Daniel, the life of Solomon, these are people who legitimately suffered for Christ in all aspects. And you got to think, Christ hasn't even showed yet. The only thing you have is those, like Bill said, the shadowings, yeah. the forthcomings. We can see it happening. But they knew God on a different aspect than I think most people know today. And that is the that is the sad loss of everyone skipping over these books for whatever reason. Yeah. Not that I'm saying everyone does that, but I know people do. People read, oh, it's a lot to read. Mm -hmm. It is a lot to read, but it's worth it. All right, so we're going to delve in here. And uh, so the caption here, ladies and gentlemen, we come to you with the Duck Command of Faith and Family Bible. This is a new King James Version. We don't know what version you're reading, but we hope that you will join us in whatever capacity you can. Daniel and his friends obey God. So, chapter one in the book of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So there was a war, a big war. And Judah didn't come out on top. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar. That's Shinar, not Shiner. Shiner is a good beer, a good Texas beer, which if there's not Shiner at our Texas chili party, then I'm pretty sure I shall leave the crowd, fiancé in seat, and go buy Shiner. And if my fiancé isn't there, then Brig darn well better be. <laughs> you're, you're not going to hear me saying bad news about Shiner. Uh, in See, the land when of I was Shiner, growing up, Shiner was like that was, and and I, you know, this was before the craft beer world. So, all of y'all in the craft beer world understand there was a time before that, yeah, when Shiner was like when you had a party or you wanted something special, that's what you went and got. In the age of Budweiser and Ice House and Miller Lite, before craft beer became amazing. Just, I need to throw that in there, but keep going. In fact, we're going to take a break right here. And we'll be right back. We are back. Yes, indeed. We are back. So let's continue with what we were saying. So, in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Joachim, Jehoiakim, king of Jerusalem, in his hand, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, not Shiner, but Shinar. In fact, <laughs> Shiner is spelled S-H-I-N-E-R. Shinar is S-H-I-N-A-R. And I don't know if that's Shinar or Shinar or whatever, but anyway, it sounds like Shiner. To the house of his God, and he brought the We'll give it the Texans' take. It's Shiner. Shiner. And he brought the articles in, uh, into the treasure house of his God. So first off, what we see here is... 
Babylon winning against Judah. Not only do we see Babylon winning against Judah, we see God giving Judah to Babylon. And we see Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Okay, so that happened. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. So Nebuchadnezzar goes against Nebuchadnezzar goes against Jehoiakim. Babylon goes against Judah, and the Lord gave the king of Judah to Nebuchadnezzar, a.k.a. he gave his people to the bad guys. God's not above doing that, okay? And oftentimes, if not most times, if not every time, (laughs) uh, it's because his people are not following his word, okay? After reading Job, we know that there are certainly times where we could be following God exactly, and God would still make an example of you. Um, But generally, when it's talking about God's people, they are not following God's word, and so God's like, all right, I'm giving you to your bad guys. I'm giving you to the enemies, because you're no better than they are at this point. But anyway, continuing on here, so God's not above giving his people to the bad guys. Generally, if not every time, his holy name will be praised through it too. Mm-hmm. And we see that he carried into the land of Shiner to the house of his God, and he brought the articles of the treasure house of his God. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar takes God's stuff and puts it into his house with his gods. Okay. And so we see heathen stuff mingled with God's stuff. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Okay. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Um... So let's break that down a little bit more. So the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men whom there was no blemish but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve the king's palace, 
whom they might teach the language of the literature of the Chaldeans. So, and so the, it sounds like this is more of like a captive of kingdom situation. This is exactly what it is. Yeah. So, um, just so everyone understands. Basically, Nebuchadnezzar wants people to serve him. Okay, and he wants intelligent people, knowledgeable people, wise people. He wants people that are good looking because he's a king, and so he can afford people who are good looking. Um, young men, young people, because, you know, why not? Right. Uh, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And so basically he's taking these young people, uh, these able, that's the word, these able-bodied young men and teaching them the language and literature of the Chaldeans. So this is basically brainwashing. Mm -hmm. He's going to brainwash them. He's going to teach them their literature, their language, and their Their history. history. They're serving the king's uh, palace. They're serving the king directly. Um, And he's basically making them his servants. Mm Mm-hmm. And they are knowledgeable and wise and this, that, and the other. And so basically they will make good servants who will make good decisions. He's going to teach them, blah, 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 blah. There's one other thing that it's pretty much understood, if not, it doesn't say explicitly, um, but it does infer. And from just a knowledge of history, this is the case. Uh, We're pretty darn sure. The king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs. What is a eunuch? A eunuch is a guy who's been uh, castrated. He has, um, you know, his testosterone-producing organs removed, and so uh, he can't reproduce anymore. And that is as something... you can see, Stuart is really good at not beating around the bush on this. Yes. <laughs> um, Just hit that one on the head. It's uh, uh, something that. <laughs> so it's something that I personally uh, really hate and despise and loathe. I think it's a terrible thing to do to somebody. Well, but you got to um, you got to but... break down that at this time period. Um, just just to give kind of a background on this, this is what happened not to nobles. This is what happened to slaves. So slaves. this is this is purely what happened to slaves. This is something that they didn't want slaves reproducing mm-hmm. because slaves could potentially take over the nobles. Exactly. So the way they they uh, like hindered that was they went ahead and as soon as you were enslaved, you were, you know, castrated, had your organs removed, and that way they were assured that your your line could not reproduce. And on top of that, if you're in such close proximity to the king, you are going to be in very close proximity to the king's wife, concubines, uh, mm-hmm. maidservants. And if you are a good-looking, able-bodied young man, uh, then obviously things could happen. And so it's kind of a protective measure on top of that. 
It's also humiliating. And so yeah, it was it was the mark of a slave. Exactly. And so um, unfortunately uh, for these young men, that was um, probably what happened to them. Uh, There's really not too much doubt about that. So anyway, uh, the king appointed uh, them a daily provision for the king's delicacies and for wine, which he drank three years of training for them. So they're getting they're getting good training. They're getting food. They're getting drink. Um, At the end of that time, they might serve before the king. And this is all part of their brainwashing, because if you think about it, you can brainwash somebody by beating them every day and just, you know, making them say the same thing. Or you can humiliate them and then uh, give them good food, good wine, good teaching, good instruction, uh, good insurance policy, a new car, um, uh, a good dental plan. And then, uh, you know, and then you're like, oh, well, hey, he's looking after my best interests and I got a pretty good deal here. So that sounds good. Let's go along with it. (laughs) And so uh, it's like, uh, th- what is it? Uh, three hots and a cot. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so and so what what does it say here? Training for them so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. And so the king's end goal is for them to serve him mm-hmm. without question, serve him willingly, do a good job. And so he's like he has a vested interest in making sure that they're healthy and good to go. Now, from among these are the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, as we all know as Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Uh, not most people don't know Daniel as Belteshazzar, but that's the name he got as a as a slave, as a slave. Wanna, and I, I think it's it's proper to go ahead and I, it, it's it's weird because the idea of a eunuch it was like a polite way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if we're going to be, you know, honest and upfront with it, it was, he was a slave. That was his slave name. Yeah. And these names are names that, um, as you heard, uh, Azariah, Mishael and Hananiah and Daniel, these are all Hebrew names. Okay. These are all Hebrew names. It was so, so it was kind of also disassociation and from heritage. If you look at their names, uh, Daniel, I'm not sure what that means, but Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, when you see that ah at the end of a name, that refers to um, God or his name. I'll, uh, I'll actually look those up this next uh, this next week, and we'll, yeah. we'll hopefully have some answers for you on For example, Thursday. Yahweh. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Israel or Elohim. Um, those ah and those Ls are different, different words that are used as the name of God. Right. Okay, now those have been replaced. Uh, oh, and Daniel, Danny L, that's another L, and like Elohim, um, it's another, it's another um, part word for God mm-hmm. uh, that's in their names, and they probably mean things like God is with me or um, lover of God or something like that. Brig is going to look those up, and we'll give a better answer for you. But they have replaced these names. They have renamed them after they came to uh, Babylon, 
with their Babylonian names, slave names, slave names, which were um, uh, Belshazzar. And oh, I'm trying to find. Oh, here we go. Um, Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure that those names um, have something to do with different gods of the Babylonians. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to look that up as well. We can have a reference. Yeah. So anyway, this starts this. Um, is the very beginning of the book of Daniel. This kind of sets the stage. God gave his people over to his enemies. And then these four friends, these four Hebrew children, were pressed into the services of the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. And who is not a great guy, just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. And so he's he's he's, he's less than amazing. He's making them servants. He's making them slaves, uh, not just servants and slaves, but higher up servants, higher up slaves. He's making them wise men in his council, uh, men that will make good decrees and uh, basically bolster his kingdom. And so. That is, uh, which it is funny that he chose Hebrew slaves to bolster his kingdom. Right, right, and that, that's not the first time that's ever happened. It's not, and it, it is. actually happens a lot. In fact, in the Rome, uh, in Rome, uh, some of the best soldiers that the Romans had, in fact, some of the best Romans that the Romans had, were Germans. They were Germanics, <laughs> and they had conquered certain parts of Germany stole their people and um, pressed and forced them into their army uh, where these Germans learned uh, good war tactics and became incredible Romans, uh, better Romans I mean, than I'll take some it. of the Romans. Um, and so it, it happens a lot. Um, but anyway... Y'all, that I just, is. I, I just want to take a moment to say that the Germans were better Romans than the Romans. That literally just came out. I'm just. I want to throw that out there and let that some simmer them, a minute. Some of them. Were. Let that simmer a little bit. Some of them were. Some most of them. You couldn't were, tell that I'm from German here. Most of them were actually <laughs> German, and most of them probably were very happy when Rome fell. Uh, but there was some of the Germ uh, Germans that were. Um, pressed into the Roman army <laughs> that uh, became much better Romans than most of the Romans you'll find. Uh, you knew but it anyway, could, you knew it that is resist. a good introduction to the book of <laughs> Daniel. Y'all, we don't have any more time for that, so we're going to stop right there, and we will continue on Thursday. And so we will be right well, back. Well, we're going we're gonna to say a quick prayer. Oh, we're going to end on this. Okay. We're going to end on this. Okay, great. So let's say a quick prayer, and then we will come back. Uh, great Father in heaven, I pray that you would bless this podcast. I pray that you would bless our reading of the book of Daniel. I pray that you would uh, give us a deep understanding of your word. And uh, uh, we thank you for these Hebrew children uh, that have come into his foreign land, have been pressed in, and uh, uh, been completely uh, changed over, uh, relabeled, 
as uh, Babylonians, but Lord, they, regardless of what their, their new label says on it, they were your children. They were um, strong and faithful to you, uh, regardless of their position in life, regardless of where they were, regardless of who they were serving on earth, they ultimately served you. And Lord, uh, that is a matter of honor and respect that um, I pray that you would put in us. And um, sometimes we fight battles and we win for Christ. Sometimes we lose battles and you give us over to our enemies, but you still command that we serve you um, in whatever capacity we can. And so, Lord, I pray that you would teach us to do that. Uh, teach us to serve you in the sinful, sinful world uh, where it is... Uh, um, it's undesirable to be a Christian, Lord. It is undesirable to the world for us to be a Christian. And so I pray that you would uh, teach us how to live with that, teach us how to be a light in this world, and glory to your name. And it is in Christ's holy and precious name that we come before you and pray. Amen. Amen. And we will see you next time. So, adios. adios.